Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One worker. One parasite. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Ziga Knight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You're home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Like on the Easy Listening channel now. Mm-hmm. And I am, you're very easy to listen to. That is my goal. Mm-hmm. This is episode 160. So divisible by yeah. ten. Divisible by ten. And other numbers, I assume. Twenty. Two. Forty. Four. One. Mm-hmm. hundred and sixty. Yeah. You're 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 excellent at arithmetic. I'm really good. I don't know if you guys know. You're an imbecile. <laughs> we are gonna be discussing ghosts by Raina Taugemeyer. Last. <laughs> Last <laughs> in this podcast. I I I'm excited to talk about mm. it. It's just keep on coming. Farina. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a she's a she's a dynamo. She is. Uh, you're gonna you stole my word. I was gonna use that word. Mm-hmm. I also went to the Edmonton Expo. We're gonna talk about that. Do we have to? Yes, we do. Okay. But first, we're gonna talk about comic books that came out this very week, Eric. This week. This week. Well, this past week, not the, the short, the near past. Okay. We can't talk about comics that have not. I mean, we could, but. It does to stop a lot of people from talking about comic books that haven't come out yet, but mm-hmm. we try and keep it to comic books that have come out. Well, we can't see in the future yet. Yet. We'll get there. Yeah. It's happening soon. It's happening in Civil War too. I don't. There, there you go. I'm so ready. I am. Let's do I it. Got brew, I got stuff brewing inside. I gotta like, uh, it's been sitting there for like five days and it's bothering me. We can, uh, we can get into our first segment. It is time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show. Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, there may or may not be a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five. Depends if we're feeling a little bit mushy on about uh, our decision. Our first book this week is Seven to Eternity, number one, written by Rick Remender, drawn by, I'm going to go Jerome Opeña. Colored by Matt Hollingsworth, lettered Russ Wooten. Uh, the... Remder Opeña um, created one of my favorite superhero comic books, Uncanny X-Force. They're the, they're the guys who did most of the work on that. And now they're back together on a creator-owned work that they apparently has been brewing for quite some time. I thoroughly enjoy this comic book. I think it's good. It's very strange. It is very strange. It's so far out of left field. That I, I think Reminder is just like, you know, whatever, fuck it, I'm going to do batshit crazy, completely non-traditional comic work. I mean, it's good, it's bold, it's interesting. It's really trying to go for something different. You know, I, whatever, I support it. This is a, a good book, I don't really know what all's going on. A thing that it made me, th- it made me think of a lot of things that I like. Maybe not always in the best way like it made me think of neil stevenson's anathem because there's just a ton of lore and you start and you're already behind mm-hmm. 
there's so much that you need to catch up on. And it feels like it's trying to baby me and get me caught up on this stuff, but it's still too much. Does that make sense? No, yeah. It There's a lot. It, mm-hmm. I think that's what I like about it, is that it is not holding anything back. Yeah. It is... I've had a lot of complaints recently about those Rebirth books from DC, mm-hmm. in that it feels like we don't want to give you too much. Like, we we know what's happening, but we don't want to do it all yet. And this is just like, right away, cut to the chase, all meat. And it is a lot of lore, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, at the end of the book, I knew enough about the main character and what he was doing to understand, like, his dilemma. and essentially what how the world is working you know Mm -hmm. there's there's this evil king there's this character whose family has left the the world as much as it can has has gone into exile it's returning he he's left his family behind to go and confront this the mud king as he's Mm -hmm. called and uh i mean i i know enough to know that i really really like it and Mm -hmm. I like it more than I think a lot of the recent Remender indie stuff. Uh, even though, I mean, Black Science is very good. Uh, haven't read mm-hmm. much of Low. Read some Deadly Class. I like Deadly Class, but I like, just from this first issue, I like, this feels, it does, it feels entirely new. Mm-hmm. You know, those other things I mean, it, feel it, it, like it they're. Feel, well, I think it feels, it feels like a fresh take on stuff that we've seen before. Like this is a fantasy genre story. Yeah. But it's not in an entirely generic fantasy world. Um, it borrows a lot of those tropes, but it is, it's like a reinvention of that stuff. Like instead of D&D, like there's some kind of Lovecrafty stuff in there and maybe some Final Fantasy type stuff in there. Like it's, it's like D&D or Final Fantasy, but kind of its own sort of direction. It's different. I don't know. Yeah. And Opeña's art is... It's it's solid. It's very good. Uh, yeah, I, it's... Um, I'm always, go ahead. I've always been a big fan. And that in The Colors by mm-hmm. Matt Hollingsworth, they just... Everything stands out. It looks beautiful. I'm I'm a buy. Yeah, this is a, this is a good, exciting book. I kind of wish that... Something about the way Matt's doing some of these panels... The backdrops just feel a little sort of bland. Most of them are really, really rich, though. It's a weird complaint. I think, by and large, it's uh, a, a really masterful, a really masterful book. It's gonna be weird. Yeah, I think we need more weird in our life. Yeah, I'm on board. It's a double buy. Seven to eternity. Number one. Curious what that if that title means anything. It's two minutes to midnight. <laughs> Seven to, to eternity. Yeah, to kill the unborn in the womb. Our next book is from DC. Trinity, number one. Script, art, and cover by Francis Manipal. Steve Wands on letters. So, this is, uh, Manipal has kind of now cut, I think Bram Buccioletto is gone and starting to do, like, indie work. I think I've Mm. seen his name on something. Uh, But this is basically a, it's the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman title. Mm Mm-hmm. With pretty much all Francis Manipal. Um, yeah. This, I, I, this is so much more interesting to me than anything that is happening in the Justice League. It's really true. And, and I think the only potential criticism I could ever have of this 
is it really does a little bit too much recapping of stuff that we've already read. Yeah. It manages to do it in a way that doesn't make me want to vomit on the book. It's, it, I don't know. That's a good thing when you can essentially tell a story with no new information and you get into those character moments and make them enjoyable. Like we really see like an interesting moment where there's like this perceived rivalry between Wonder Woman and Lois Lane. And it, I don't know, it, it works really very well. He's one of our favorite creators for a reason. So this was, this was the artist off of the detective, Comics. the other, the other series that we were very big on. And he is writing and drawing this. Yes. Even though I, te- I think technically he was like a co-creator on that with Bucciolato. Yeah. So I don't, you know, but this is all him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, except for the letters. Eh, that's okay. You can't, everyone can't design their own fonts. But um, I don't, I don't know. This is, they, he made a comic where like, the the trinity have like a dinner in kansas and mm-hmm. it is infinitely more exciting than them all punching some deep space monster where and theoretically the issues between them are the same but it i don't know i this is and there's a nice i like the cliffhanger at the end it's a nice little weird mystery that's i'm assuming going to ensue i this is way i i wish more books were just the talking. Why can't we just resolve by the talking? Hey, let's go out to dinner and talk. <laughs> I think the thing that, that we're going to end up discussing, um, where are we? we're ending on, on Civil War, mm-hmm. um, that it, it does seem like what makes a good comic and what makes a popular comic are not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. Because I, when I think about the sales of this, Versus the sales of of Civil War Two. Civil War Two is probably blowing the pants off of this book. It, Even though this is this is a book that should get people's attention, it'll probably do fine. I imagine it will at least do okay. Um, it has I, Batman I in it. That's all that matters. It has Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in it, and that those are those are all the eggs that DC has. But, um. I can't think of how to say something about baskets, so we'll just move on. Um, it, I, I don't know. There's, there's comic book fans who would buy this and say, "Well, they're just talking." There's nothing in this book. I do want to end. Manipal's art is very, it's glorious, very, very, very good. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. No, it is, it is a lovely, lovely book. But I'm this. I don't know. DC is seems a lot of their the new series are hit and miss, but this is one of the hits. I I'm I'm a buy. I will be reading this book. Yeah, I I don't want to hate Superman comics. I don't want to hate Batman comics. I definitely don't want to hate Wonder Woman comics. It makes me happy when they're readable. <laughs> so it's a double buy on Trinity number one. Next up is Raven number one. Of six, this is a miniseries. Although, I suppose if it goes well enough, they probably will. I wonder if they'll do more solo Raven books or whatever. But uh, written by Marv Wolfman. Art by Allison Borges? 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 Don't know. Colors by Blonde. And letters by A Larger World. Wow. I'm, a, I'm assuming that's some sort of, like, like Blambot. Some sort, mm-hmm. something, something like that. Um, my Most of my experience with Raven is from the Teen Titans cartoons. 
Yeah, I think this this is trying to capitalize on that being most people's experience as well. It is also all I know of it is from. I've, I've never read. A, I've never read a lot of Teen Titans comics. Yeah. What do you? How I, do you feel about this, Eric? I want to like it more than I do. I, it's not I'm terrible. Right, I'm right there with you. Yeah, like the, if if you had said like, okay, we're going to take sort of your understanding of Raven and reboot her in the Buffy verse, I'd be like, holy shit, that sounds amazing. I want to read that book so much, and I don't think it's that far off from what it wants to be it's hard for me to put my finger on what doesn't work about this it just it's like a b minus or like a c plus for where it's trying to go i can tell you my issue with it at least tell from me. what i can glean from my own feelings mm -hmm. the it feels a little bit like old archie in places Mm-hmm. And like like what? That um that old man talking about youth culture mm, sort of thing. Yeah. At in it at times and it doesn't like you you said you put Raven in the Buffy verse. Mm-hmm. This does not have the snappy dialogue of a Joss Whedon television show. No, it doesn't. And I think you need that. Like there's these cast of characters that are surrounding Raven and we don't really know anything about them yet. And not to say that they won't become fun supporting characters, but I, I don't, this issue seems to be very much like it has her in that very cheery family, which I do. I like that. I do. She's with, you like that she moved in with the Flanders. Yes, exactly. I was going to say the Brady's, but it, both. And, but then, you know, she goes to class and then suddenly there's people immediately become her friends and, there's a lot that happens in this book, and I think I'm I'm happy for that. Like it doesn't try and it does, it, I think it is a miniseries, so it has to it has six issues. It knows exactly mm -hmm. how long it's going to take. Yeah, it's it's kind of cut to the chase there. But I think it's just missing a little bit of that humor. It just needs mm -hmm. a little bit more of like. But I I like the art. Yeah, I, I it's, it's fine. I think I would check this out. You know, I I'm like a tentative buy, like maybe a mushy three. Mm -hmm. by with a three like i'm it has potential and i'm i'm interested i yeah I, it's it's not like an, a home run or anything but it's a solid like single maybe you get a steal into onto second base i i really like i like teen dramas yeah you know i like cons like it's a genre that i consistently enjoy i don't know why like did you ever see uh sky high Actually, it's a movie I've always meant to see, but I've never seen it. It's actually pretty good. I would be surprised if you didn't like it. Like, I know you should. Wa you should watch it just for Kurt Russell. I was going to say I know Kurt Russell's in it. So yeah, Kurt Russell is. He plays Superman basically, and it is like super cheesy, super hammy Kurt Russell. Like he's on point. It's really good. Um, honestly, like Raven, high school teen drama with with magic like just the premise of that warms my heart i would struggle to go more than two on a mush meter on this even though i think we're about on the same page in terms of our reservation like i i'm rooting for this book you know i want it to be i want it to be really really good and i think it's just sort of above average yeah um so i i say keep reading it i hope it's 
continues to be good. Or I hope it I hope it really picks up. I hope it really finds its way. Yeah, me too. So double buy on Raven number one. It's a mush meter of two and a half, two point five. Mm-hmm. Our next book up is Batman number seven, which is it's Night of the Monster Men Part One. That's a silly title. It is a very silly title. Plot, uh, Steve Orlando and Tom King. Script by Steve Orlando. Pencils and inks, Riley Rosmo. Colors, Ivan Placentia. Letters, Darren Bennett. I miss that Tom King worked with him on this. That's a that's a dream team, dude. This book is good. It's, I, I it, enjoyed this a lot. It's like... You, you sound what? No, I'm, just, I'm trying to like the big monster guys. Yeah. Yeah. What's they're, wrong with that? I'm not. It's a comic book. I haven't said anything critical yet, Mister Goodnight. Do not <laughs> assume anything. All right. You're 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 choking on your words there. I'm like it is. It's kind of like Batman meets Attack on Titan. That does not sound unappealing to no, me. No, I'm not. I, I'm I, not. I like I like Attack on Titan a lot. I I like that this Batman book can. I don't. It's doesn't seem so self serious as the Snyder ones. Snyder mm-hmm. book does. It can pivot from some a more serious scene and then just have a goofy monster attack and it doesn't have Batman kind of... I don't know. There seem to be a lot of like, we're fighting for this city and everything is very serious and a lot of Scott Snyder's Batman run. Mm. This one seems to be much more like, we're all friends, we're going to fix this problem. There's mystery involved. It also can have scenes of horror but it doesn't seem to be i don't know just doesn't predicate itself on being look how awful everything is like hey we're making yeah. i don't know it's a very subtle like difference in tone which has made me appreciate the tom king batman run uh a lot more i'm curious how much steve orlando is like involved in he's just there to, to keep batwoman gay well i don't know that's the thing i'm curious like if, if how much is tom king going to be is he like some issues? He's gonna only be like you know he just does plot. You know he doesn't do actual the story. He's him he himself on Twitter has said this is mostly Steve Orlando. He he said he is his work on this was minimal, but I mean Steve Orlando is a good writer. Steve Orlando is one of my favorites. Uh, and I'm I don't know I I've read all the 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 first six issues of this and I actually rereading them I I I was I had some reservations about issue five my first time through but rereading everything as a whole made me like it a lot more. I I need to catch up on it. Like it, it makes me want to read Batman. No, it's it's I and I'm I I like I like this book. I'm a buy. I I enjoy it too. It's it's cool. I, I think it's interesting that you compare it to to Snyder because I think it's very apt. This just it really does feel like it succeeds, like the Bloom story or something. Like, it succeeds in all the way that that kind of doesn't, you know? I, I like this. I, I hope it continues to be good, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine these guys goofing it up. No, and I, I like that it, it's not about Batman being in danger. Mm-hmm. Like, we were talking about that issue of All-Star Batman. Yeah, where he gets shot straight through an arrow, like in that where he's he's Batman Punisher. Yeah, or his he has a skull fracture in the Bloom arc, and this is just like, hey, Batman isn't hurt, but and it's not about him like being tough. It's about him like fighting these monsters with his team. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not about him like getting injured a lot because like yeah, that's not the the, fun of it. The this this Batman 
is not a world away from that Manipal Batman, or maybe even the Detective Comics Manipal Batman, but it feels very different from the one that you're describing in the All-Star Snyder or even the Snyder run. I I like this better. Yeah, me too. So, Double bye on Batman number seven. Our final book. <laughs> Deep breath. I'm just close your eyes. We'll get through it. Is Civil War Two grit, num- grit your teeth? Number five, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art David Marquez, art assist by Sean Izakse. Izakse. Colors Justin Ponzor. Letters Clayton Cows. Designs Victor Ochoa. This book is capital B bad. <laughs> I don't like it. It made me angry as I was reading of- it. They've all made you angry. I know, I don't. no, but, but nothing like I, it's gotten worse I, every time. I I completely disagree. I think that of all the ones we've read, they've been on the bad side. I think that this is a, a completely average book because it's just all punching. It's just all stupid fight scene. It it has gone exactly no. It's it's not surprising or interesting, and I'm. I'm tired of people trying to win me with big, dumb shocks. I mean, this is a bad story. I don't think this is a bad issue of it. I I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm consistently reading other comic books that are much better than this and are doing yeah. similar. Like, I'm reading Vision. I caught up mm-hmm. on Vision this week. New issue of Vision came out this week. It's tremendous. As mm-hmm. I, I'm so sad that that book is ending. It's so good. But... It is also, it is about the Vision confronting a large portion of the other superheroes. And it does this whole, like, it does, it has a giant fight scene in it, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, a lot of punching and fighting. But it isn't this, it's not stupid. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's smart. Everything about that is, and I read that and I go, wow, this is real. It's making me care about this fight scene that theoretically I've seen hundreds of times, if not thousands of times. Mm-hmm. But this, there is a page in this, Eric, where Blue Marvel and Luke Cage are fighting each other. Yes, I I know exactly what you're, yes. And this, th- I'm going to read word for word what comes out of Blue Marvel's mouth in the middle of a fight. Mm-hmm. Does the fact that I hold a PhD in theoretical physics and a master's degree in electrical engineering from Cornell give you any pause to consider that maybe you, Cage, are on the wrong side of this? What? what? Yeah. In the f- middle of a fight, he has enough time to, like, talk about his doctoral d- dissertation or whatever? What? By by the way, if he's so smart, he should realize that's the argument from authority fallacy. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. I, I don't know. This. They're, nice they're... job, genius. <laughs> I just, I, I don't care. I don't care about any of this. I already know the answer to this. It is doing people pointing this out, out online that this is, we've already gone through this with Iron Man. It took years to rehabilitate Iron Man's image after the first civil war, after he was clearly the wrong person in that war. And it's the same thing with Captain Marvel. This is gonna, how do they, are, why, why are they doing this? Why is, she, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's nonsense to me. It is just insane. And, and, I wouldn't care that much, except that it is being extended up to through December. This is not going to be over until December. Mm. That is three months from now, which means we have not, you may, 
have noticed that we have not been reading it nearly as many Marvel books because almost all of them are Civil War tie-ins. I do not care. And I don't want to read, hey, you remember this, remember that the, 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 Luke Cage and Iron Fist book that was good. Power Man and Iron Fist. It was a good comic book. Oh, wait. No, we get a couple issues of Civil War stuff happening that interrupts that, that story. And I, if it's a good event, like Infinity or Secret Wars, I'm all for that. Because I like the event. I, it's interesting. But this event is bad. I'm. I, we're done. We're not re- reading any more of this comic book for this podcast. He's saying this to me, not to you guys. He's he's saying he won't let me talk him into it. I'm there's up until this point, I I just I'm ready for this to end, but it's not going to end for three more months. At at least three more months. It may there's been delays already, so who knows? There may be more delays, and I just want it to be over with. I there's so many there's good Marvel books, and they're all the ones that are not tying. Like I feel bad for all those books that have these Civil War tie-ins that I'm not going to be reading, and it just interrupts those books. And this event is as dumb as dumb can be. And Dave Marquez's art is, is, is still really is, good, but no, it's it is a, it is a beautiful looking book. Um, this is possibly the best looking one so far. Um, this is going to go down as someone's like favorite thing, possibly ever. There are people that what was it we read? Darkest Night or Sinestro Sinestro War? Sinestro Core War. Yeah, yeah, that. I mean, that's someone's favorite comic book, and it seems like that's just what people want, is stupid premise that makes no sense, and guys in tights punching each other. That's what sells a shitload of books. And I, the end of this comic book is the dumbest thing. And you were talking about Trinity, and the mm-hmm. end of this comic book is, you know what my idea of Captain Marvel would do at the end of this comic book? What I think of when I think – I don't think Captain Marvel is stupid. Mm-hmm. I think she is a military woman. I think that she is smart and competent mm-hmm. as a superhero and that if she's presented finally with the idea that Miles Morales of all people just impaling Captain America, that's the – she would go, okay, maybe it's time to reassess my opinion on this instead of doubling down. And going, no, you're arrested. I'm I'm super dumb for this comic book because I have to be. We're not clever enough to write, away, write, write our way around it. And this comic book also killed Rhodey and Bruce Banner. Yeah, I'm. I'm. This is that. It's, that was that was my big rub. We are getting um, we are getting uh, She Hulk Hulk book now. I'm. I you can do that with. I'm. I know you already know that. I'm just. Mm-hmm. You don't need to kill Bruce. Bruce Banner it can be a very fascinating character as a supporting character. He can just mm-hmm. be around as a dude, as a human who, hey, I've had a lot of experience as being this unending rage monster. Maybe I could be like a helpful figure in like I could be a mentor to Amadeus Cho or I don't he could be a hey, let's have a turn as like funny Bruce Banner in the as the She-Hulk book that's just Hulk. Why can't mm-hmm. Why does it have to, we have to have him to give this event some kind of gravitas? Do not buy. Ever. <laughs> Where are you, Eric? I almost don't want to even give an opinion on this. No, you, you, your, I, your I, opinion I, is your own. I mean, I'm just so, I'm so neutral on it. The whole event, negative. You know, Rhodey and the Hulk. I, I mean, 
you'd have to be crazy to to think that was a good idea. Like this is this is a bad direction for Marvel. I mean, everything felt so strong after Secret Wars. There's so much potential. Mm-hmm. It does really feel wasted. It doesn't really feel. I don't know. Uh, this is this is some editorial decision that like we need to capitalize on the Civil War name and get a bunch of superheroes punching each other. And this is like this is just I I don't I don't know what like uh, I I I could go on forever. Yeah, this this comic is um, it's a Wonder Bread and mayonnaise sandwich. I, it's it's beautiful. It's worth buying for art, but it it's got some badness in here. I don't know. I I don't have your vitriol, so I guess I'm just I'm I'm kind of a meh. Do not buy. You know? Are you a mushy? Do not buy. Eh, I'm just I'm I'm not like passionate. You know, punching holes in the wall. You know, I'm not like that guy. I know it. It's not even that 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 this book is that bad. It's mm. everything that it represents and everything yeah. about how I thought Marvel was so good th- with mm-hmm. Hickman's Avengers and all those new books that were launching, and now so much is a, another just dumb. Like the best thing about Infinity is that. It wasn't about superheroes fighting each other. Mm-hmm. It was a big alien menace that was that they were had to fight, and that was refreshing. When all the events prior from the past, like ever since the original Civil War, was it was Civil War, heroes fighting each other, Secret Invasion, heroes fighting each other, like just event after event after event, War or Hulk, heroes fighting each other, and now this is I don't, and then events next year are all the X Men versus Inhuman stuff, more heroes fighting each other, and it just does not interest me in the least. Okay. Double do not buy. Civil War 2, number 5. One fiery and passion plea and one in kind of, eh, whatever plea. <laughs> do we need a meter for that now? I don't think so. We don't hit that nearly as, as often. Um, I caught up on Doctor Strange. Aaron, Jason Aaron's Doctor Strange. It, as you would, Probably worthwhile. It's very good. Jason Aaron is delightful. Yeah. he He's a good comic book guy. There's a picture of him on the cover of number of uh, number seven. It's, it's, that's a thing in his mouth. It's not really a beard. <laughs> it that that comic book's very good. Vision also came out this week. Also very good. Um, again, I am very upset that Vision is ending. It's, hmm. it's worth being upset about. It's so fascinating. So Tom King just needs to write everything forever. I think we're really lucky that we have all these guys. I mean. There's a lot of talent making comic books. No, there it's is. So it it just delights me so much that I can name like ten writers that like excite me and like I would probably starve before I could stop naming artists. This is just off the top of my head. I mean, obviously there's way more of both. No, there are. But that's just like you know the names that I I would just have off the cuff. That'll be it for Weekly Floppies this week. End with a bang. Yep, bang. Bang. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to during the week. Nerdy things, generally. How you doing, Eric? I am am a tired boy. You're working hard. You have no idea, bro. 
probably drew for 10 hours yesterday. I mean, it's, it's tough. You know, I'm still working full time, mm-hmm. working more than 40 hours a week for sure. I mean, I'd say on a regular light week, I'm 45 to 50, but it's, it's been crazy, you know, but I've been coming home. Did I already check in with uh, this project that I'm working on? Cause I can talk a little bit about it. You I'll mentioned, talk no, less you, if I have. You mentioned it last week. What did I, how much did I say? Cause I don't like pre-talking about things. You, you'd said you're going to be working on a comic book page to be submitted to a, the, a comic book shop in New York City's. Yeah, the um, shop, the shop is Desert Island and the anthology is called Smoke Signal. And it's a, a, a free publication by them that mm-hmm. you can get shipped to you and you are submitting a page that will be centered around a, a character we had discussed. Yes. A, a, a couple times. Yeah. Sort of took the basic idea and made a one page summary of it. And I sent you, um, the in progress illustration. Mm-hmm. It's, it's coming along. It looks really nice. I, thank you. It's, um, I think I'm getting it to a point, like maybe by the end of today that I can finish it. The, the remaining details might have to be a little quicker and looser. Um, but I think I can, you know, two hours a night for the f- next four nights, uh, and then probably about two hours to scan the image and process it and send it off. Cause that's my last night. I basically have to have that timeline and get it done. But, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, be sharing that on all my regular channels, social media before too long, but I'm keeping it secret. I've done, uh, I think a teaser is drew a, Cuban sandwich slash media noche and put it, um, put it on my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that jazz. But it's, um, it's been a, a lot of work. I think I also talked about Inktober last time, didn't I? You mentioned it. You mentioned that you were going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is all that's been on my mind. It's, I've literally had no time for hardly anything else that, uh, I'm prepping for Inktober, getting boards in. I'm going to do 31 paintings. I don't know that I'm going to actually try and do 50 because uh, I think I'm I'm going to be out of time and I'm going to Europe in November. So I do not want to be doing paintings up until November. I need to be able to focus on other things. So I'm going to try and do, um, you know, 31 painting slash illustrations, you know, ink illustrations. And I told you the theme, right? It was guitar players or just rock stars? Gu- guitarists no i don't want to do singers i'm gonna probably do a big facebook post and see if people will give me their thoughts on it may sell prints of these uh but definitely the originals will be up for sale i'm gonna try and find a gallery that will show this um but that's literally all i have time for i am trying to line up other things that i'm gonna do like i'm gonna try and go to um did you ever go to Spooky Empire? That's happening next month. The ho- the the horror convention? Yeah. It's no. Like a, it's like, yeah. No, I've never gone. Dave Burns is going to be there, and I wanted to say, hey, I was going to bring him a print and um, chat with him a little bit. But there's also, like, the same weekend. Ugh. The same weekend, there's also um, Bradenton uh, Zine Fest that a friend of mine is the organizer of. So I really want to actually table at it. Um, but that's a lot of stuff to do. 
all during October. It's a lot. Yeah, I just feel tired thinking about it. But whatever, sleep is for stupid people. I'm I'm just going to work forever. I, I think sleep is for all people. No, weak ones. I like sleep a lot. That's that's why you're that's why you're weak, sir. I'm not weak. You are weak. I'm pretty strong. Liar. I can lift things. Nah. With my mind. With your mind. With my mind. Why don't you Why don't you give me the Canada Bulletin? What's up? <laughs> uh yesterday, I attended uh the Edmonton Expo, which is their Edmonton's uh, largest comic book convention. Uh, how did it come? How did it compare in size to the ones that we have been to together? Uh, it's roughly the same size as a, as a maybe a Tampa Bay Comic Con. Really? Yeah. That's a very small con. I don't know. It 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 is it is good. For, I would not. It is certainly not Dragon Con sized or Mega Con yeah. sized. I would put it as a small to medium. Mm. It, it it was. I was there for like five hours. Small, right. Smaller and, than smaller than Mega Con. About the size of Tampa Con. Tampa or Supercon? The last, Supercon. The last, the last one we went to in Miami. Um, okay. it, it is respectable size and certainly yeah. enough for a day of, of stuff. You know, I, I wouldn't take a weekend to visit, you know, do three days of it or anything like that. It, but it was, it's only been around for six years. It's a very, very young mm. con and it, apparently it has grown by leaps and bounds. Uh, Calgary, actually, from what I hear, is in Alberta is the lar- much larger yeah. convention. The Calgary Expo. Cal- Calgary is kind of a big deal. It's one of the biggest ones but in Canada. I Alberta think... Ruiz did the logo for it. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, he totally did. Edmonton is growing, and I think I mean that is I think the same people run both, and I think they're making a concerted effort to try and make Edmonton a big deal as well. Uh, Why don't they get Bioware to? like have a presence there they did they had a booth there okay i was gonna say that'd be a real missed opportunity if they weren't like yeah come here and do some stuff they had a you know they had a they had a booth there there's people Good. um the artist alley was really i i i my highlights of it that were the fact that um it was very well organized like all the people i i was there it was saturday i want i chose to go on Saturday because I wanted to see it on its biggest day. I wanted to see how busy it gets. I wanted to see how many people were in cosplay. I wanted to see, you know, what the parking's like, uh, everything. And uh, I got there, I got there pretty early on the early, like an hour early. So I, parking was actually not a problem. When I left, there were still people coming in and it looked really crowded, but that's why you get there early. Uh, you can get there early at MegaCon and still be screwed. So <laughs> getting there early was in having like a nice, good, close parking spot was nice. Um, but they sell their, t- what they do is they sell their tickets through Ticketmaster. Hmm. You get, you take that ticket, uh, when you first get into a table and then they will give you a wristband and then you're, you're good. You have your wristband. Seems unnecessarily complicated. Well, they don't hand, well, then they, you're not, handling they're not handling their ticketing you know they don't have to worry about because you're not buying a risk like any other cons you're buying a ticket and then you're also use showing that ticket to get wristbands for the most part this way i think they just make it simpler on them and by making it simpler on them they can also like hey you don't have we don't have to if you're buying a ticket you're buying a ticket from Ticketmaster, not from us Ticketmaster is handling all that stuff um plus Ticketmaster already already has the infrastructure Mm. theoretically they don't have to worry about handling all that handling hey our computer isn't working when we're trying to sell tickets on saturday 
or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I went straight in, no line, got my had my ticket, exchanged it for a wristband, and and they had a very organized line. Like I think of Mega MegaCon where you're if you're there early and you even if you even have your ticket already, you can still be like in this long meandering line that just seems to like wander around the convention center back through the lobbies. Like it has no, Mm -hmm. these like they had, you have a big holding area with marked out lines where people are supposed to be standing. There's like 10 people there. All they had to do is just like telling you where you need to, where you, if you want to get in here, this is your line. So very, probably the, probably the worst example of that is, uh, is Miami Supercon. The, the year we went was also that first time they'd been in that building. And they had not a nearly enough volunteers. Uh, and it was a billion degrees outside. Mm-hmm. All that I know. Things. I stood out in the line for an hour and a half. Well, they were Edmonton very well organized. A lot there, and there's tons of volunteers everywhere. So very helpful there. One to you, the you walk in. The first thing you get is all the celebrity stuff. So they had, and they had, they had Carrie Fisher. They had uh, Stephen ML who plays Green Arrow on TV. They had uh, Wallace Shawn Fazzini from Princess Bride. It was. I and I just walked by and looked at them. I said, "Oh, that's those people I know. I recognize them from movies." Did you shout inconceivable? I I can't imagine how many times. Yeah. He got and it's his first con apparently. He had never been to a convention before. And I can't imagine the the amount of people who had who walked up to him and said inconceivable. But once you get through that area, you the next area you get to is Artist Alley. So, it's presented like front and center. Like it, you have to walk through Artist Alley to get to the vendors. The vendors are the last thing you get to, which is fine by me. Uh, the artists, they're a good, uh, like a, a pretty big Artist Alley. Uh, and I don't know, I wasn't sure what to expect, but hey, there's tons of talented artists in Alberta and in this, in Western Canada in general, but tons. And I saw lots and lots of really good artists. I, I, I posted, uh, uh, pictures of all the stuff I bought. I tried to, tried to pick only things I really liked to try not to spend money on. Cause as I've, wall space is at a premium now. I'm running out of space to hang things and frame my art. I understand I have piles of artwork that I need to buy, either books or, it's, the, the profolios, by the way. That's a, a good hack for you. You should go to art stores and, Buy yourself portfolios to keep uh, the stuff you can't hang. Yeah. It's uh, $40. You can put like 30, 40 things in it. But just a lot of really talented artists and working in very different styles. And there's certainly the the people you kind of see at all cons who look like mm. they bought like the, 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 I don't know, like they, their style just looks like very generic manga. Mm-hmm. But in between those people, I saw lots of interesting artists, and uh, I don't know. I was, I it's a I kind of was thinking of you a lot of the time. I'm like, I wonder mm. what Eric would think about this. What are I Eric kind of? I well, the idea excites me because I've gotten. I don't want to say I'm in a rut, but I mean, I how many times do I need to meet Brian Woodward? You know, like I I like these people and I love seeing them every year, and some of them are like real bros. You know, I I. But I like to meet some new ones, so I feel like I need to kind of get out of my comfort zone here and go other go to other cons. But you were you were saying no, I just I, I was just curious. Like I I when I was talking to these artists, like you can hold the conversations with these with these different artists for like hours because you have so yes. much to talk about. And I'm just like 
kind of blathering on like an idiot like hey you look it looks great i like your style i'm an idiot i'm sorry here i want that here's twenty dollars see that's something that you can say to anyone and they'll 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 talk to you about that yeah and hey like dollars thanks people artists generally do like enjoy me when everyone says hey your work is beautiful you do really good work i like i like what you do people have been saying it to me when i'm drawing in public recently i don't know what it is seemed i don't know it's there was like maybe i just wasn't drawing in public enough but i've been doing more of it i i don't care i don't care random stranger i don't i i think i mean i don't know most people's opinions i don't care particularly if it's like some dude and he's just trying to impress someone by talking i don't know it's like i don't care about your opinion dude i'm not gonna say that but i don't know i'm sure this is a different thing that they're there to put themselves on display so like definitely like tell people that you enjoy their stuff but like i don't know i'm sitting working and people are like oh that looks really good let me tell you about all these other artists and shit that you don't care about i just work mm, that's the risk you take when you do work in public it's true especially when you're if it, you're just some dude working on like your laptop writing a book, they're, mm-hmm. what are they going to say? Oh, look, those words. But when you're drawing, it's everyone has an opinion about something they can quickly digest. This, I guess. But I mean, when I don't know, when I interrupt people that are working, I try and at least have something a little bit interesting to say. I can start a conversation with something by taking an interest in what they're working in. It just, I don't know. I guess people you, are bad at talking i I was gonna say that most people don't even have the awareness that they they probably think that their conversation having with you is good they don't i'm I'm sure they don't i i am i am totally sure about that but i don't know there's it seemed like there's a couple people in particular there they seemed genuinely flattered Mm -hmm. and i was like uh, i i'm like there's some the dude that the dude that uh had that jubilee that you talked you you mentioned i did like that that was a good jubes the Jubilee and the, the Diva. He, I was like, your work's beautiful. He's like, uh, well, thank you. He seemed like genuinely yeah. like he had not heard that very often. And well, I mean, it's compliments are more rare than they should be, but well, I, it's, it's weird when you hear it and weird when you don't, if you know what I mean. You know, some guy comes up to me at the coffee shop and interrupts me working to tell me that my work looks nice. I'm probably like not I don't care, you know. I'm like out at a uh at a, a a gallery opening and someone tells me like, you know, they're in the show and they tell me they really like my work. Well, I'm, that I hear. I'm receptive to it then, you know. He probably was actually hearing it. It probably meant something to him then. But it's not like it's not nice to hear. It just, you know, not not every yahoo's opinion matters and Sometimes that opinion does matter. I don't know. Um, there's a lot less Deadpool's in Canada, I guess. It's probably because the bodysuits are are too chilly. Well, I I mean, the walk from once you're in the the convention center inside is actually it was quite warm inside. So uh, all those all those all those nerds heating it up. Well, it's not like I, I wasn't uncomfortable, but I mean, like it wasn't. It was chilly outside, but mm-hmm. I wore a t-shirt because I did not want to carry around a sweater all day. So. It was chilly walking through the cold, but then when you're inside, it it was perfectly uh, comfortable. But like, there's, I think I saw like three Deadpool's the entire day. 
That's got to be like a low record. That's amazing. I did see lots of Jokers and Harley Quinns. <sighs> no, I'm going to tell you the worst, Eric. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, this and this legitimately kind of bothered me. It was clearly a father and daughter. The daughter and like ten year old, ten year old, and but he, he wasn't dressed up. Okay, he was just, hey, I'm a dad. Mm-hmm. But she did have the daddy's little monster shirt on. You see, and it's less creepy when it's a little girl, honestly. I'm, mm. the th- I mean, it's cute when it's a little girl saying daddy's little monster. The, I, the, the, it, the, it's like it's like you're recursing back on yourself or something. That's the thing. That I it's, can't, it's I, gross because it is a, a, a grown woman like making like being like acting like a baby sexual. That's this a, is like an actual baby. Like it's I don't know. I understand where you're coming from that you're like you can't unsee the grown woman like wearing like teehee, you know. That's the thing. Like if it was just like a nondescript daddy's little monster shirt with like a weird generic monster on it for like the daughter hat on, I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, it's cute." But because it is taking that image of Harley Quinn, which is definitely sexualized that thing i i think it's acceptable i mean it's a little girl who elected to dress like harley quinn she is a girl character and if you remove the the the, the sexualization of the character i think it's it, it, why not i mean why why not let your daughter dress like that and i think that the, I, I don't know i think that's okay I understand that. I mean, if he was dressed like Joker, <laughs> that that's another that's, story. That's that's creepy. A lot of bad Jokers, of the, course. The cosplay was it, cosplay is not. It was there's a lot of like good cosplay, but nothing like drag. When you go to Dragon Con, everything else kind of pairs in comparison. There's because people in Dragon no. Con spend all year building like these giant. Not all year, their whole lives. Just yeah, just and putting thousands of dollars into these yes extravagant, unbelievable. Uh, costumes and everything else kind of pales in comparison. Even when they're good, you know, nothing. It's someone clearly put work into it, but, uh, but you know, I would go back. I enjoyed mm-hmm. myself. Well, the the smaller cons are always good. Like I thoroughly enjoy Tampa Con. Yeah, me too. I generally uh, actually prefer. I don't know. I, I the the larger cons are so. It gets so big that it takes so, like, to get from one side to the other, like, and it just is a, 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 it it is a, you have to devote a weekend for it. You can't just. Oh, yeah. I, well, I mean, I, Heroes is not that big a con, and I devote the whole time to go to it. I go to every day. But I mean, I. I would go, like, the thing about that is that those panels that normally that like I didn't go to any panels cause none, no one talking was anyone I wanted to like, actually I was not going to yeah. be sitting for an hour, but I would go to probably many like, cause it's all comic creators. I would want to hear people. I would want to hear the Jason's talk. I want to hear all these people talk about their comic book. Yes. And they're like, so that itself can take a lot, large portion of the day. I can never seem to fit in panels. Doesn't matter what I go to. I think I actually do more of them at Dragon Con, which in theory there's just so much insane stuff to do. I I I kind of miss the craziness and the hugeness of Dragon Con. I haven't been since we went. I think 
that yeah. year when uh, uh, the group of us went mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, Matt and Melissa and all them. It's that was 2014. Yes, 2014, two ago. Yeah, because uh, yeah, kind of miss it. Matt and Melissa went went this year, which is awesome. Do you really want to? Do you want to keep checking in? No, I'm, like you have no, I, no. I could talk about. I didn't. I have a video game I could talk about, but it can wait. I'll wait. Yeah, we'll we'll do it later because I feel like we've talked forever. Mm. One forever. One forever. Mm-hmm. We can move on uh, to our final segment. Segment called Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club. It's part of the show. Eric and I will assign a longer collected work. Discuss it in depth like you would a book club, except it is a comic book. Crazy. We're the only people who do this. Well, we're the only people that do it right. Oh. You listen to all the other people who do it? And you can... I, don't ha- I, I don't have to. I know I'm not in any of their podcasts. Oh, I see. It's your presence? Yeah. I mean, you do a good job, too. Are you crying because I complimented you? There's tears flowing freely, mm-hmm. just pouring down my face. It's like two waterfalls. Our book this week is Ghosts by Raina Telgemeier, the the Dynamo, the, mm-hmm. the New York Times bestselling author. Um, she has five books on the top ten list. BT Dubs. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of books. That's like that's Stephen King numbers. Five out of ten. Yeah. Half half the books have her name yeah. on them. That's that's got to be a good feeling. Oh, um, this I don't know. I I. A lot of her work has been like autobiographical, mm-hmm. and this is not. This is clearly just fiction. Yes, all, complete fiction. Uh, and also has like supernatural stuff in it. It is mm-hmm. it, it, like a, like a, I've seen several comparisons to Studio Ghibli. It's it's very spirited away, isn't it? It yeah, it certainly has a lot. That's the thing I was thinking about the you know the entire time was. Do you know what it also reminds me of is Friends with Boys by Faith Aaron Hicks. Yes, that I th- I think we read together. Did we read that? It's almost positive that we did. I don't Can think... you do you re- if you remember what the story is, then we then we read it together. I cannot remember the story. I thought do we read Adventures of Superhero Girl. We also did that. I don't think that I'm I'm a little gay for Faith Aaron Hicks. We did not do Friends with Boys. You're shitting me. We didn't do that. Mm, we did not. No. Really? Really. I'm frustrated. I swear we did. I think you're wrong. I You're just, probably right. I just I'm... searched Friends with Boys, Handsome Boys Comics Hour. <laughs> Guess what? No results. <laughs> the Nintendo's cheating. <laughs> Nintendo's cheating, is that what it is? <laughs> I uh I'm frustrated that we didn't. I thought we talked about that ghost woman. No, we have because there's there's ghosts and it's uh it's a drama about like I think she's like a preteen or she's a young teen. That's that that would be the dream team right there. Faith Aaron Hicks and uh, Raina Telgemeier. I would read that comic forever. I I think it's a little bit redundant because I would probably read them irregardless if they were. Oh, of course, it's together. Just, I I think that that's actually it would probably be bad. It would be like one of those rock and roll supergroups that's just never quite as good. Are you saying the as, Traveling Wilburys aren't a good aren't a good band? That's probably the best example of one. I think usually they're quite poor. It it actually reminds me of not certainly not in like the genre, but in kind of the the the. The story, the metaphor, I guess it's going for in um, Kubo, 
the in the two strings. Which I'm still not saying. It it reminds like at the end of the story, like it's kind of communicating the same idea. I feel like it's about like uh, about death and kind of reckoning with that and mm. reckoning with losing people and fear of of mortality. Um, I I feel like this book actually does like for a ostensibly a young adult comic it is like it has some pretty like heavy Mm. top like it is a like this poor you know cat's a little sister who has cystic fibrosis and she clearly is afraid and 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 afraid of like trying to deal with both the pressure and fear of losing her little sister but also trying to have her own identity and not knowing how to deal like a a fear of death a fear of 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 i think losing her sister is a part of that but she like the the clear metaphor of her not being able to, to deal with these ghosts being a presence in this town versus her little sister's enthusiasm for it and i i know it, it you know it's like a I think just the the fact that they tie this all into like this is what it felt like it was telling telling us that you know as long as you keep these people's memories in your life and take time out of your day to think about them they're still with you and that is like and it's kind of the metaphor of the supernatural there you know they they're celebrating the day of the dead and that that celebration is all about the memory of all your all the loved ones you care for and taking out taking time to remember them and celebrate them i don't it feels more nuanced than the the pre, her previous work i i want to say that it's her best piece of fiction yeah it's it's far better written i mean i enjoy drama what else what other fiction has she done fiction I, well there's well smile and sisters are both semi-autobiographical so yeah and then then there'd be drama uh what's the she's done fourth she's, book before this one no she well she's drawn a bunch of like she's drawn babysitters club comics Mm -hmm. but those are not written by her at least i don't i think they're co-written by her she also did an x-men book that i was not aware of that's good x-men manga i hate when they do manga versions of things but whatever it's not let let reyna do an x-men book i love that but that's that's all that i mean that's what she's she's done lots of stuff in anthologies too but nothing that's uh no other single works of fiction aside from the babysitter club books which I have not read. It it feels the the supernatural stuff is a a departure, but I I a departure for Reina. Yes, exactly. It, it's like everything else I've read from her is very much like it's very grounded in reality. Yeah, there's there's no despite, despite magic. being very cartoony. Yeah, yeah there's, there's no, no there's there's no magic, right? Yeah, and this is very much like hey, in this town there's ghosts. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly the way that um, Friends with Boys presents it. That it's just like, well, there's this ghost lady. The story's not about her. It just sort of is an element of the story. Um, they they never really spend a lot of time trying to figure out or solve her deal. It's it's more about the characters trying to deal with their stuff. They could have left the the ghost out entirely, and that's kind of what's neat about it. This. Is not necess- this is not that scenario. No. That it's too important to the story. But it's not 
it's not your typical ghost story. It does feel like this kind of story, like I think of seconds. Um, like it's kind of in the zeitgeist, you know, maybe it's also Harry Potter that it's like the world beneath the world, you know, I don't know. I, have you ever been in the situation that cat as a child? Did you ever be in the situation that cat was in you moving towns or, or being the new kid? No, no. I, if I had never left, uh, for jobs or college, I, I mean, my, my parents met in high school. Uh, in that town they're they're not really the uh the type to stray much i i had i i've never moved as a kid but i did switch schools from i went to private school up until seventh grade and then i switched over to a public school which is was in a different completely different county didn't Um, you say it was a religious school too the private school yes yeah yeah you, you had told me that and i had forgotten that yeah it was a christian school it was terrible uh so I, I, you know, I didn't move, but I was like the new kid in school and I don't know anyone. So I can definitely certainly empathize with Kat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that really, that immediately got me kind of into the story. I was like, it's immediately a, like, right. It's a thing that people do get immediately because you, I think we all understand that feeling of loneliness and how challenging it is to make new friends. I think honestly, the, the only thing that's comparable is being an adult and moving away and getting a job. Yeah. You're the new kid in Tampa. Mm-hmm. I was also the new kid in Martinsville, Virginia, and decided to to stop being that. <laughs> Tampa has stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hanging in there. It, I, I don't, like, what do you, I'm curious why she chose cystic fibrosis in particular as the illness for she has a note about it at the end. It yeah. seemed like it was well, she uh, doesn't, based about something real. Well, she doesn't. Um, she doesn't specify why she. She just talks about what it is, mm. and which I do appreciate. I like the little notes at the end. Um, mm. But she doesn't specify why she chose it. If maybe she is like, if she knows. Yeah, she maybe, doesn't. I'm looking at the thank you page, and it doesn't say it. I don't know if she knew someone or has a relative who has the the illness, but I, I, it's I it really. Think she says it's um yeah her cousin who died of cancer. Yeah, but it looks like she decided to make it about cystic fibrosis, probably just for the sake of awareness. Well, I think it also it really it actually the 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 breathing. Mm-hmm. I, I she does a really good job. Breath. With... No, it's a it's a it's a motif, so that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, and I I mean. I don't know if that's her sole reason for using like mm-hmm. that illness, but it really works really well with the the fact that the ghosts, you know, they don't they don't breathe; they breathe wind. And the, the her, Maya, Cat's younger sister, also has trouble breathing. Like it, it for a like there are <laughs> there are adult quote unquote adult comics, yes, who don't have half as much thought put into them about mm-hmm. the the those those motifs about those symbols about those metaphors that's the that's the thing like the the fact that a book like this that i think if you were going to compare it to those two books we were discussing Mm -hmm. this is this is closer to that manipal trinity book to where it's not a lot of it's i mean there's there's no action there's no punching there's not even suspense in this really that it's just character Mm -hmm. you know 
Um, I, there's a I, don't, little... I don't even I don't even know that you could say this is not even really that plot driven. It, there's a I think there's a a bit of suspense that that time yeah there when the uh, they first meet the ghosts and and uh, Maya is uh, has to go to the hospital. Mm. You're you're. I think there's, I would, I, you know, a little bit of concern, like, oh, how is it? What's happening? And, uh, you know, I, and yeah, but it is not the only plot in it is they move to a new town Mm -hmm. and there's ghosts there. Yeah. I, I, I really, I like the, the way culture is used in this book. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it has, it, like, the way her own mother, you know, Kat's mother is, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of disconnected from her mother's culture, you know, somewhat. And then the way they are kind of reconnecting by moving to this town and layers. Very, it's a very simple thing. Like I was just saying, yeah. it's simple. Like it, it does not require you know so much work. It just requires a little bit of forethought. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, it makes some. It makes a very like a very a simple character driven story all that much better and deeper. It kind of makes me think because I'm thinking about I'm I'm in my mind I'm comparing this to the last book that we read. Uh, dykes to watch out for mm-hmm. and it kind of makes me want to like read more fiction by women just to sort of like friends with boys too, kind of the same thing that there is it seems like just sort of by necessity you know there's a beginning and end point and there's some sort of semblance of plot and, and conflict and resolution but it's scaled back that it's more just sort of a a bunch of stuff happening, you know? It's a collection of events and, and character scenes and, and, and stories that it's, um, I don't know, it's it's like a f- more feminine sort of thought process behind, behind storytelling. It's interesting how those differ. Are, do you understand what I'm, what I'm getting at? Does it make sense to you? It's, it's not man versus man or man versus nature or man versus self. It's not really necessarily about that conflict. Like, it's not like, oh, well, I have to find this ghost in the mountains and it's going to heal my sister's cystic fibrosis. It's just like, well, here's these scenarios and here's what I'm dealing with and here's me going through my life and here's this moment that was really beautiful and uh, it's over. And I think that Dykes to Watch Out For was kind of that thing, that things progress and things happen to them and... Just it just keeps rolling along. It's not it's not about getting the plot ticket. It's it, a little it, well, bit different kind of fiction. I don't think there's. I think this in particular, because of the comparisons to Ghibli films, uh, I would and how like the supernatural. I say the supernatural element of this, and you know, those aren't. This is not doesn't have any kind of genre attachment to it mm-hmm. that a lot of things do and i feel like it is it is the 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 story is really just cat coming to terms with mm-hmm. losing her the you know losing her sister and 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 death and it it does it in a very kind of it, using that day of the dead and and accepting yeah. all that stuff it's it doesn't have that big kaboom no kind of it's, thing i mean you don't even get to the end necessarily I d- it's it doesn't feel like I don't know it's it's not like that moment where she's like oh well this everything is fine now everything is resolved it doesn't feel like that to me no it doesn't it, it, I, and that's again I 
applaud it for being subtle. I don't, I don't. It almost feels more like those slice of life comics. It's more of a, a, a manga genre, even though the only one I can think of is Tenchi Moyo, and that got very different and uh, plot driven and less like a slice of life comic. But it is apparently a genre. Well, I mean, I I think that there is going to be more of comics like this, mm-hmm. and it's not like YA novels are hugely successful still, even with the kind of the the the, the problems with books book sales. Yeah, their YA novels are still doing very pretty well. Well, um, I mean, it's it's it seems like it's the only group that reads is adults that want to read fiction for kids and kids. Yeah, and that's I mean that's. I think this is like the reason that all her books are all in the top 10 that, mm. you know, that this is a underrepresented genre in comics. It's there, that there is a demand for it that is just not being met that, and we're seeing more and more of it. And it is certainly, you see Marvel and DC react by having comic books that are closer to this, uh, you know, that Archie re, re- rebrands itself. I don't think those things are, unrelated i don't know it it I, we talked about it when last time we read reina books mm-hmm. that i you don't i go to a comic book store i very rarely hear anything about reina telgemeier even though that she is a goliath yes you want to talk about star wars selling a million comics reina sells more mm-hmm. and i was actually quite pleased uh i went to a local comic store a couple of weeks ago happy harbor and they had a a huge all ages section with Raina front and center. You know what it makes me think of is like the biggest selling games of all time are like roller coaster tycoon. Mm-hmm. Sims. That well, The Sims it didn't used to be like the biggest thing, and obviously it completely took over Maxis. Um, but yes, obviously it was a huge seller. But I think even still, like those those little crap games sold more. I think it, it it still outpaced it, but it's the kind of thing that people don't like talking about. And it's interesting that it doesn't, and it doesn't change the narrative. I think that we're never going to meet Raina Telgemeier at a Comic-Con, I don't think. Not very likely, no. She, I don't think that she's going to be interested in participating in that culture. She goes on much book, book less. tours, goes to, you know, uh, yeah. to that where, which is the thing that they sell her, her, most of her book sales are through bookstores. Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense because comic books are books. Yeah. It's, I, I think that I, I, I think that that's one of the big problems and the reason that why a book still sell is adults do not have time to sit down and read a novel. That most most people do not read as much as we do, and most people do not take the time away from other things. You know, they get home from work and they put their kids down or do whatever. Well, then they just want to sit down and veg out and maybe watch a television show. So there's a huge renaissance of television because eyeballs are moving there. Book sales are dying except for people that actually will sit down and read. That I think a progression to, like, because in, in Japan, it's just normal. People read comics like crazy. There's all kinds of genres of comics, mm-hmm. you know, and ordinary humans will read comics. 
you do not have to necessarily be a nerd. Like, if you're, like, really way too into it, then you're a nerd. Um, yeah, I feel like if... I, my, my whole... Sorry, I'll just wrap up real quick. But I, I just think that it's easier, lighter reading. You can still get the story in there. It just sort of makes sense that it should just be more accepted. It should just be more accessible. Well, I think that's... It's all a, a matter of presentation and packaging and... Mm-hmm. This you read this or you know read Nameless City like or read Battling Boy or things like things that are you know the comic book market they're not going like the people publishing those books are like first second does send stuff to comic book stores but also they they market at bookstores yeah and you don't have to be following like you mentioned the time thing like to keep up with a book. You don't have to be mm-hmm. like, when is it coming out? Oh, it's coming out this Wednesday, and I need to go to the comic book store this Wednesday, or I need to remember to log into Comixology and buy it this Wednesday, or subscribe, or whatever. Yeah. It is simply like, hey, you the book came out this day, you go buy it. And we, yeah, we had this discussion a little bit when we talked about... Um, Omega Men. Yeah, yeah, Omega Men, that's correct. And we talked about how the whole, you know, Wednesday publishing schedule it, it it's it's based around selling to fanatics it's yeah. not it's it's there's i mean there's two things that you have to do one is bring in new customers and the other one is to get into old customers pockets deeper and the comics industry has been trying to do that too long um no it's it like i there was a huge reddit thread about the omega men being a book that got had to had to get canceled because it had very low sales and then immediately as it's released in trade it goes to the bestseller list and the fact that this is just accepted like the fact that we comic book fans for some reason we are propping up diamond distributions outdated completely mm-hmm. insane distribution method it is yeah. insane it is in no other form of art make, makes you go to such links to keep up with it. And I don't know this th- ghosts is just, Hey, here is a book. You read it. The story's over it. It's approachable. Yeah. It, I don't, it just is. It's not threatening everything. I, everything I about it, the comic right. book industry, the super Marvel and DC superheroes is like, it seems like they're trying, like everything about it is trying to keep people out. Mm-hmm. At first, if like I talked to somebody who had never read comics, who had never doesn't know how comic books work, and I told them for the first time here, yeah, this is how the system works. You have to, if you want to make sure you get a copy of one of these sixty comic books that may be coming out this month from a certain certain publisher, Marvel or DC in particular, you have to go to your, you have to buy a big giant book from your local comic book store, if you have one, and then you have to fill out forms on paper (laughs) and write down order numbers. Like you're ordering from the Sears catalog in 1983. And then they'll order that book for you. And then if I told them that if you don't pre-order that, there's a, a, it's, it's more likely it's, it's quite possible. Your comic book that you actually might spend up to $20 on over the span of four or five months it's just going to end. The story won't end satisfactorily. Probably the the, mm-hmm. the the creator's original vision probably won't be fulfilled. And what kind of work? Like 
I think television is the closest to that, but for the most part, like that's sitcoms that get canceled after three episodes or stuff like that, in which the story, the, there is no kind of arc. Like I, again, th- like we talked about how Marvel is putting books in the Scholastic Book Fair, which this book is published by Scholastic. And there's, you see the low sale, like the relatively low sales of certain books. And then, and, and then people ask, why are they, they haven't canceled those books. I know why they haven't canceled those books. Cause they're selling at the Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> cause when they, cause when they put those books in bookstores, they sell because the people who read Raina Telgemeier are not necessarily going to comic book stores because it's crazy. Right. <sighs> Do you think her art has changed at all? It's the last time we read her. It feels less rigid, you know. I mean, she's not a powerhouse on art, but it uh, it looks good. Does she have a colorist assist on this, or is she doing literally all the art? Uh, Braden Lamb actually, who worked on the Adventure Time comic books. Oh, good for good for them. Did, with color, he did he did the color. I don't know. She's just it like it's we've used the word approachable and easy to read. Yeah, that is like the storytelling and. That like that is her greatest strength, like the writing and and not writing even in the sense of like, hey, this dialogue is good, but writing in the sense of like leading you from plot point A to B to C, connecting characters, all that stuff, which gen you don't see people talk about that as much. Mm. You know, no, it, it's a it's a good clear narrative, and it no, it's it is good, but I don't know, it, it it's it's very charming too, that art. Mm. These are all accurate words to describe Raina. I, I, the, a, a little point that really stuck out to me was, uh, when she's talking to her, uh, when Kat is talking to her father. Mm-hmm. I think it's their, might even be the first night they're there and they've just returned and they met the, 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 was it Carlos is the kid's name? Um, possibly. I don't remember. I think it's Carlos is the, the little boys. The, I know who you mean. Yeah. The the... Ghost tour kid. And, uh, na- the neighbor boy. And, uh, you know, Kat asks her dad about, about ghosts and stuff. And he's like, well, maybe there were ghosts in our old town. You just didn't notice them. Yep. And then she gets all scared. <laughs> gets all scared. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I liked that dad moment. Yeah. Of, of inadvertently terrifying her child. <laughs> His name is definitely Carlos. And, I don't know. It, it, it's full of those tiny little bit character, those little bit of character things. Mm-hmm. I, we had a someone ask us on Twitter about what we'd recommend to you know young kids. Mm. I, There's so much this. Yeah, exactly. Like, did I recommend this you, straight you, out the door? Yeah, you're the first thing you said. All of go, all of uh, yes. Raina, all Raina Talgemeier's books, and that yes, absolutely. Yeah, I I I have literally bought this. Uh, not this book, but I, I can't remember which books I bought for, uh, kids that are in my family, but I definitely bought, yeah, I, I, I had a picture. It was like one of the first things that, uh, my cousin Amy's first daughter, she hated reading and I bought her a Go Raina book and it was the first book she ever finished reading by herself. And I cried when they sent me the picture of her with that book because, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I mean, but that it speaks to the power. It does. It and, really does. And like, and the, and, and Reina's ability to tell these stories that so quickly attach to, to, to kids. Like just that, that one, that you're, that 
that little story, like, hey, this little girl has never finished a book before, but now she does. I think, and that's the power of comic books is that you can get people who don't necessarily won't read up like an actual novel or something, but there's pictures and it's easier to read and you can mm-hmm. get someone who you can show them something that is approachable and, and fun and tells a good story. And I don't understand why I, I really hope that comic book companies, the, the quote unquote normal comic book companies, can can notice like are their eyes open do they not see how good these books do how good they are and maybe we should do something like this like why aren't we why are we having oh i don't know Mm, i think that they they have their own mission and it's it can when you're going down a path it's hard to notice the the even bigger you know the even bigger market that's available. It, it can be hard to, it can be easy to miss it. You know, when you're trying to keep up with continuity and do big dumb events and also do movies and all this stuff that it, um, it can be easy to miss. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm no, I'm not surprised. The, the comics book industry has over the past 30 years gotten like has gone the other direction has gotten more myopic mm-hmm. and short sighted generally mm-hmm. about consumers and what they want. Uh, you know, they, it, it's insane. Like I saw something, uh, a news story about how sales now are up to the volume that they were in the mid nineties before the, 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 the market exploded. Yeah. And I think that having more good comics is uh and and a wider fan base probably a little more solid than uh what it was in the 90s. Yeah, a lot of the mid 90s was speculators and people going, yes. "Oh, this is going to be worth $100." Exactly. No, no, no it's not. You the, those they print 4 million of anything, it's not worth it's worth $0. Yeah, I don't think my copy of X-Men number 1 is really that valuable. Do you like your skeletons? Yes, I think they're cute. They are I cute. think that like <sighs> I think that, like, um, I don't know, it's little skeleton characters. It's kind of in the zeitgeist. I I don't know if Undertale is a is part of that or if it's what kicked it off. But I feel like I've been seeing it little cartoon skeletons for a while. I did see a lot of Undertale fan art at the con. I don't know. She does. That's the other thing. Like the, with this supernatural stuff, she does a very good job of making it mysterious but not scary which i think is completely the tone she's going for you know i never felt like oh like i i don't think i don't ever felt i never felt threatened by these the spookums yeah they're cuddly and at the same time you can understand cats kind of reticence i don't know it's another great Raina tugemeyer book i don't know what else to say about it it's ridiculous how something so simple it doesn't make sense and i think that's kind of what's amazing about reina is like so many of these people you know in 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 this industry like i look at their stuff and i'm in like awe of it you know even people that do art that's simpler you know mm-hmm. like i i look at a brian leo malley art uh or whatever and i'm just like damn like that's that's incredible but like it's just something about Reina that that like 
it's like so much of it is below the surface that it's I, I think the thing for me is that we've used the word approachable and easy to read. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the line, that some, like that became pejorative in yeah. comic books. Like, for some like, reason, that's a bad thing? Well, I think that it's that fanatic fan base. You know, it's that, it's that fanatic customer. It's the, the, the you're not a real nerd, you're not this, whatever. Um, that I, I don't know. Like, I think people should just write the stories that they want to write that's fine you know like i don't think that reina ever set out to be like well i'm gonna write this story that's gonna be the broadest possible market and i'm gonna be best sell i mean i'm sure she hoped for all that stuff but she's like i'm gonna write a story about me getting braces and my sister and being in drama club and blah 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 and it's, i don't know she has lightning in a bottle she's she's i don't know what that secret sauce is it's pretty incredible it is i think the thing that i have in the span of doing this podcast it is a thing that i have learned to appreciate the most from a storyteller mm-hmm. in comics mm-hmm. is how well like how easily they can communicate the narrative yeah in this unique medium and not have it be confusing. Do you know, I think the person that I think that does that incredibly well is, um, uh, Kieran Gillen also, you know, has his, has his fan base that are rabidly insane for his work. I I think that, I mean, that's like, I hear so many people when I say, Oh yeah, I read a lot of comics and I do a podcast and, other people who read comics like that's a thing that's never brought up Mm. like hey this person makes comics that i know immediately what's going on i know exactly what their character is saying i know what the characters are like it's just a simple thing it's just but it is somehow overlooked a lot of the time i think we're just getting to the point where like critical critical thought about like these simple things becomes important like, for so long, like, talking about not Jim Lee in the 90s, like, how the story being told and how well it's being communicated was unimportant. You know, look at how many guns this guy has. That was, like, and like <laughs> I don't know. it. I don't, it's, it's like, an invaluable talent and skill, which I, I mean, it's kind of incredible. Like, this book is very, very good, and I wish that people who are reading Trinity or Justice League would maybe just pick it up and realize that there's this whole world of other that comics that they don't sell at the comic book store. Yeah. I think that that, that is a good thing to take away from it is the, the world of comics. I mean, they, they, I don't, I don't, the first person I heard say it was uh Kelly Sue DeConnick that she called it like comic book famous. You know, the the world of comics is actually very small and she can she can still go to the grocery store and doesn't get harassed by people. I don't know. Raina looks outside that that very narrow circle and kind of destroys it. It's amazing. Yeah. Raina's the Sims. She very much is. I hope she never like falls into the. um 
I don't know. I hope she doesn't turn into the crap the Sims turned into. <laughs> She's too good. No, that's, and that's, I mean, that's the beauty of what, I mean, like, I was thinking about, like, of this but while we were having this conversation. I'm like, mm. I wonder, could Marvel or DC theoretically get her to do a book for them? And I, I don't, don't know that there'd be, I, I don't know that there'd be that. There's no incentive. Why, there, why, why would no, she do exactly. that? No, exactly. No, exactly. They couldn't, they couldn't pay her enough, probably. Um, and that's the thing, like, her, she is an, as an industry and is bigger than either Marvel or DC. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, it's, and it's a crazy thought to have, and it's a thing that we mentioned the last time we read our books, and I'm, we're mentioning it again, it's just this weird occlusion. <sighs> I don't know. Go buy it. Ghost is great. If you haven't, everyone should read this book. It, but, and it's also, I mean, but it is perfect for children. It is a mm. perfect way to get children to read and to read comics. I, I have uh, proof positive of that. Anything else you want to mention, Eric? I don't think so. No, I think we blathered on a bit about it. A good long bit. A good long bit. That'll do it for Ghosts. Irina Togemeyer. It's amazing. Our book for next week is Marvels. Uh, another kind of, uh, we're getting back to the, the nostalgia piece from the mid-90s. Alex Ross uh, famously doing the art with Kurt Busick as the writer. I said Mark Wade to Eric earlier. I think I lump both Mark Wade and Kurt Busiek are like occupy the same space for me. They're Siamese twins. I mean, they're both very talented comic book writers, but uh, Kurt Busiek writer, Alex Ross art, a little a tour of the Marvel universe. Be reading that next week. Read along with us. I think that'll do it for today. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Uh, links to our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter at hbchour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the show, if you follow us, please like, subscribe, five stars, reviews on iTunes, all those things really help us out. Uh, word of mouth is also greatly appreciated. Any way you, any way to help get us new listeners, we really appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter at mixmastercereal. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? That's a good, good question. You can see my uh, newly updated freewillunlimited.com with my brand new poster store. Hint, 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 guys. <laughs> At uh, freewillunlimited.com. Uh, you can also see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where I'm known as Easy Goodnight, and my Twitter, where I am at Mr. Bad Example, spelled M-R, Bad Example. So with that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.